Wonderful. Thank you. Beautiful worship this morning, as is every Sunday morning, but beautiful, really lovely to be in this space worshiping together, isn't it? Yeah, amen. How are you all doing this morning? Good? Awesome? Excellent. I love to hear that. Excellent. Well, I have the privilege of breaking open the word with you today. We're looking together at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Thank you, Carla, for reading that for us. I really appreciate that. And if this is something you'd like to do on a Sunday morning, if you'd like to participate in this way by reading scripture, I encourage you to let us know. Speak to me or Fred or someone from the office, and we would love to have you participate in our service in this way. But before we look into this particular passage together, let's take a minute to um, just go over the highlights of the series we've been looking at together. Because believe it or not, believe it or not, this is the end of our Reconnect series. That just flew by, didn't it? Now, that doesn't mean we all get to disconnect now. (laughs) That's not what we want. Our intent for this series was to really um, have us remember those connections, those relationships that are really, really important, that really matter. And so we want to move forward connected. So let's, let's recap. Where did we start? We started with our own personal connection with Jesus, right? You remember this? Yes? It's the most important connection. It is the most important connection that we will ever make. And it's the only way we can bear fruit in this world. Um, And fruit for the kingdom of God is if we remain connected to Jesus Christ, the true vine. Okay. So then we take this connection, we take our own personal connection, our own personal relationship with Jesus, we take this into all of our other connections, meaning we don't just have this connection with Jesus over here, and we don't just tend to it every now and then, but we take it with us wherever we go and into every other connection and relationship that we have Because our personal connection with Jesus is the very best thing that we can bring into all of our other connections. Jacob shared, and some of you shared in his video a couple of weeks ago about the significance of connecting in life groups. And thank you, Jacob, and for all of you who shared in that video. That was really moving to hear Um, just the impact that life groups has had on your life. So doing life together, practicing the way of Jesus in community together with a group of people we can count on um, for support, encouragement, accountability, it's just so good for us. It's so good for us. And if you haven't signed up for a life group yet, it's not too late, right? It's not too late. For some, it might be. But if you need a life group still, contact the office because we want to help you out in that way. And so we bring our connection to Jesus, our relationship to Jesus, into life groups. And maybe that means we come with 
questions um, to our group, or maybe that means we come and bring answers and experiences. Um, either way, our personal connection with Jesus will enrich these groups. Fred shared last week about reconnecting and connecting um, with church, with the intent of focusing um, on what happens inside these walls. So we connect and worship with one another, and that gives inspiration and it gives encouragement um, to us as we meet in this way, as we sing and as we worship and we sing the words, he has done great things, or Jesus, hope of the nations. Um, that just like fills our souls, doesn't it? As we share those words together, those those truths. I know we closed out the service last week singing the song, This I Believe. Do you remember this? That's I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Godhead three in one. I believe in the resurrection that he will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. When we sang that last week, I can't even describe in words how that made me feel. But coming together as the body of Christ and singing those words with just conviction and in unity is powerful. So connecting together in this place in worship is important for our own spiritual health. And it's important for the spiritual health of our church. Fred shared, too, about how every single one of us, every single one of us has a role to play in the life and the mission of the church. You have a role to play here. And if you're not here, you're missed. You are missed. Today, then, we pick up with our connection to our community. And just like the others, we bring our personal connection, our personal relationship with Jesus into our connection with our community. And this really, really matters because our lives exist mo mostly outside of our church walls, don't they? That's where most of life happens for us outside of these walls. So our community is the space where we directly or indirectly um, impact others, perhaps the most. And so what kind of impact do we really want to have in our community? And so let's look at our scripture passage again. And I'm going to read it this time from the Good News translation. It says this, you... You are like salt for the whole human race. But if salt loses its saltiness, there is no way to make it salty again. It has become worthless, so it's thrown out, and people trample on it. You are like light for the whole world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on the lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine before people so that they will see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. So this 
is where we land this morning. Let's put it on pause for a moment and just consider the verses leading up to this particular passage because they will inform um, truly what it means to be salt and light. And so what we have here in Matthew chapter 5 is Jesus' famous sermon on the mount. This is where Jesus teaches the crowds um, the Beatitudes. You might know these verses well or maybe that sounds familiar to you. Either way, either way, Jesus begins this famous sermon teaching the crowds, teaching us all about the nature of life in the kingdom of heaven and how we are blessed in and because of our acceptance, our trust, and our belief in God's kingdom. This is what the Beatitudes really are. This is all about how we will experience life in God's kingdom. The significance being is that our lives as followers of Jesus will reflect the characteristics of God's kingdom while we live here on this earth. As we choose Jesus and his kingdom, we take on his kingdom's perspectives. No matter what our situation is, and we take on his kingdom's values And we then build his kingdom here as we wait for Jesus to come and bring it to completion. We sing that song, we build your kingdom here, right? You know it well? You like it? I love that song. There's great theology in that song. So you can read in the beginning of Matthew, write up all about just kingdom life. And so following this teaching is where we find our specific passage. And instead of just teaching the crowds um, here now, Jesus is really zeroing in on his disciples. He's zeroing Because of the kingdom life you possess, because you live for my kingdom, and my kingdom's power is at work in you, you are going to impact the world. Your life's going to reflect my kingdom and what my kingdom is all about while you live on this earth. So as followers of Jesus, this is what we're to be about as we connect with our community. We bring our personal relationship with Jesus into our community. We reflect his kingdom wherever we go, and this is the idea behind being salt and light in our world. We're going to get into that in just a moment, but I've actually asked Angela, who is our community relations representative here at Northridge, to come and share with us just for a couple of minutes um, about how she lives out her faith in our community. Thank you. I have to honestly say this is the most nervous I've ever felt up here because some of the, what I'm going to share is very personal and I don't also want it to come across ever as judgmental. I've prayed a lot over this and there's some things in here I really feel God is asking me to share, but it's, it's really my opinion and my experience. 
So thank you, Carolyn, for this opportunity. As followers of Christ, we are being called to stand out to be a beacon and to add a bit more flavor to the world that is searching and in need of true community with others in Christ. But at times, we as Christians tend to hide our light away and surround ourselves with others who are like ourselves. We leave no room in our weekly schedule to interact with those to whom we are called to serve, love, and support, and lead to Christ. Now, I don't judge that. I just question why. Is it our fear? Is it not wanting to make or take the risk to get to know someone who may not share our belief because we won't know how to respond? Is it we're judging others and their lifestyles or messinesses of their lives? Have we heard too many times that we are to be in the world, but not of the world, so we shrink back in case we become tainted? Whatever the reason, it is hard to be salt and light in the world when we're not in the world. So how have I learned to be in community without becoming tainted at all? Well, to be honest, I have failed at times. This world has so many temptations, but we need to develop our faith and commitment to Christ so not to get wrapped up in the things that lead us away from the purpose of serving Christ. Christ is our example. He stayed focused while at the same time shared life with people who were despised, even those within his inner circle, his disciples. They certainly weren't saints. I want to share a few experiences of what being in community or salt or life to other means to me. Now, I know many of you could share more profound experiences. I just hope that maybe some of what I say might bring a few aha moments. I've been blessed to live and be in many communities. After growing up in the young Lawrence area of Toronto, I moved out on my own, living in one of the more challenging parts of the city because that was where I worked. Early on in my career, I saw the need to live where I worked, so to have a better understanding of community. It was here that I learned that I could meet many needs right where I live, but many within the community also met my needs. During my first marriage, I lived in one of the most infamous parts of Toronto, Jane and Finch. Now, I used to call it Finch and Jane just to, you know, play with people's minds. We moved in when my, elders was about, when my eldest was about to start school. I worried about that impact that that school would make on her if she attended. But due to my own personal experience, and I'm highlighting this as my own personal experience, at a private Christian high school, I had many reasons not to send my child to similar schools. Though because of where we lived, it had crossed my mind. I decided to move forward with registering my daughter in the local school, which proved to be the best decision for us. It was there that I was connected with some amazing moms and teachers eager to make Jane and Finch a better place for themselves and their families. Through the church where we ministered, we created a community garden, organized special community family events, and prayed together for the well-being of those around us. The church was Hispanic, and this church stretched me linguistically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. And the work was not easy because many of the congregants came from horrific histories from their home countries and lived precariously in Canada based on their immigration status. There were many needs to be met. I was in the thick of things when my marriage ended, and these same families supported me and my girls. Being light and salt to others often brings it back to ourselves. After my divorce, my daughters and I moved to Thornhill, another affluent community. We moved into a very unique townhouse complex that was enclosed. This is the closest I've ever come to living in a commune, which is something I've always thought would be neat, but my husband's not up for it. 
So this com complex was enclosed and children were just able to run free and have a great time and parents watched over each other's children and my daughters created lifelong friendships. But at this point I was at a new church and many other families and individuals moved into the complex from the church that we were attending. We knew that the uniqueness of this complex and the numerous children within would lend well to children's ministry. So we used my home as a day camp base for two summers. Upwards to 30 community children attended each summer, and I may never know the impact that these two summer camps had on these children. Another important community to me was my work. My work. I held positions with the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Canada for 28 years. I loved my coworkers and my clients, and I know there's often fears or blocks in the workplace to share your faith with those you work, but I was fortunate. I was able to freely uh, speak with, uh, but with respect about my faith in the workplace. When a coworker or client was distressed, I would ask if I could pray for them. And I can count on, the my, on one hand the number of times someone refused my prayer. Zero. Regardless of their faith, background, or lack of it, they wanted spiritual intervention. One of my supervisors was Jewish. She needed prayer, but I was nervous how to approach her. So I sought counsel from a friend who immersed herself in the Jewish faith, and she provided me with some guidance on how to pray with my supervisor in a way that would show respect. When I approached my supervisor, she gladly accepted the prayer and requested numerous times more for prayer moving forward. Taking a risk and being bold is how we can be salt and light. It's not lording over someone, but coming alongside and guiding. Respect and love go hand in hand. And so now it brings my role to the community relations representative here at Northridge. After years of not working where I worked, lived where I worked, I was gifted the opportunity to live and work in the same place. I moved to Aurora after my marriage to John in 2017, but it wasn't until I started working here last year that I came to know how fabulous Aurora is. I have connected with amazing community leaders, residents, leaders of businesses, volunteers, and I've seen many others share the light of Christ with those around them, and I have seen those who are hurting and challenged by the life and need to be cared and loved. The Salvation Army has a great reputation here, but there are so many who still need to know our services and the love of God. Being a staff member of the Salvation Army has made it a little bit more easier to pray alongside others, but there is always that nagging doubt that someone may push back, but I still ask, and I've never been refused. But prayer is just one piece, being open to stretch ourselves to show practical support as well as, um, sorry, practical support. Inviting a person to live in our home, providing gift cards, bringing meals to someone who is sick or with a newborn. There are so many examples of how we can share our lives with others. The key is to listen to the prompting of God or others who see the needs if we miss it and do the right thing when called upon. We are, in the hands and feet, we are the hands and feet of Christ within whichever community we identify. It's our responsibility to be that light and salt. Thank you so much, Angela, for sharing that with us and just hearing her story and how God has had his hand on her all these years and just the impact she's had in, in various people's lives in whichever community she was living in. And uh, I've had the privilege of working with Angela for the past couple of months and on into the future for many, many years, I believe. And she's fantastic at um, 
making connections and building relationships on behalf of the Salvation Army Northridge in our community. She's truly exceptional. Um, but I know, too, from being alongside her that um, her faith plays a very big role in that. And she is um, very open to being salt and light. And I've witnessed it, and I see it, and I'm thankful for you, Angela, and I hope you're all just encouraged um, by how God has used her and how he's continuing to use her. So thank you so much for sharing with us. So Jesus tells us that we are going to impact the world with the kingdom life we possess. And so he explains this to us by giving us these metaphors of salt and light. And so the first being salt, Jesus says, you are like salt for the whole human race. The NIV translation says, you are the salt of the earth. So salt's important, right? Yes? <laughs> it's important. It had many uses in the ancient world and still does to this day. Probably the most relatable for, for us this morning is how we use it to um, season our food and just enhance the flavor. Salt makes a difference um, to the taste and flavor of our food. It's also necessary and essential to have in our diet. Our bodies actually need some sodium to live. And now I'm not a health professional here, but I actually did Google this week. Can the human body live without salt? Because I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know. And I found a great article from the uh, Harvard School of Public Health that explained how our bodies need a small amount of sodium and this helps with conducting, yeah, small. <laughs> this helps with conducting just like our nerve impulses and the way our muscles um, reflex. And it also gives balance to the water and minerals in our bodies. So if you're on a low-sodium diet, don't go back to your doctor this week and say, my pastor preached a sermon and said I needed more salt in my diet. That's not going to go over well for you. Um, and it's not going to go over well for me either. But it is a minimal amount that we actually need. And what I have learned um, about salt is that generally it finds us. We don't need to add it um, to anything. It's already there. Now, what I really want you to take away from this tangent, let's call it what it is, is simply that there is an important and necessary element to salt. And a little salt can have big impact. So when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, or you are like salt for the whole human race, he's telling us that as his disciples, we are necessary, we are essential, we are needed for the welfare, that is the health and the well-being of the world. As we've experienced personally God's kingdom's power and values, as we connect with Jesus, that kingdom power resides within us, and we're different. We're different because of it. We're different from the people of this earth and the people who don't know or who choose not to follow Jesus. And so our presence is absolutely necessary and vital as God works through us to influence the world for good. So as we reconnect with our community, with those outside 
of our walls, whether it be at work or school or out shopping or in our neighborhoods or on sports teams or volunteering on a Christmas kettle. I totally expected Angela to put a plug in for that when she was up here. <laughs> but that is coming, so whether or not that's something you are doing, wherever those public spaces are that we find ourselves in, our presence as a follower of Jesus is so significant and so important and so necessary because we bring that kingdom life and kingdom values and perspectives into these very spaces meaning we bring just the fruits of the Spirit into these places. We bring peace and joy and love and kindness um, into these spaces. We bring love and grace into these spaces. We bring hope and we bring compassion and we bring Jesus. And so our lives, my friends, are to be a reflection of who Jesus is as we live out and demonstrate and build God's kingdom in our community. Jesus continues, but if salt loses its saltiness, there is no way to make it salty again. It has become worthless, so it's thrown out and people trample on it. So how we show up and connect in our community really matters, right? We've talked about how just our lives are to reflect Jesus and his kingdom. And this is only possible if we've experienced our connection to him personally and only possible if we remain connected to Jesus because if we don't remain connected, it becomes easier to compromise our kingdom life easier to lean into the ways of the world and let our world's culture and our world's ways define us. And we lose our saltiness. We lose our testimony and we lose the positive influences we can have in our community. Jesus used light as the next metaphor to help bring this home for us. We know that Jesus is the light of the world, we read those exact words in John's gospel. In John 8 and 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So our passage of scripture tells us we are like light for the whole world. The Amplified Translation says it this way, you are the light of Christ to the world. So we are the light of Christ to our world. We cannot be hidden for our very nature, that is this kingdom life within us, is a living testimony to those outside of our walls who have yet to experience Jesus and his light and his kingdom. You see, the presence of the kingdom, it produces changed lives, right? It happens the moment we come to faith, the moment we accept Jesus, the moment we accept his grace and forgiveness, and we choose to live for him, our lives change and we take on 
his kingdom's perspectives, his, this kingdom life. And so it happens within us first, this change, and then we live it out and we bring Jesus and his kingdom into our community. The church, this place, this gathering together is our support and our encouragement. It's our refuge and it's our training center, really. But the call to be salt and light requires that we go out into the world, as Angela has said, and positively impact it with the gospel. The people we are to impact and reach are in the world around us. They are our next-door neighbors, our mail and Amazon package delivery person. They are our children's friends and parents and teachers, our peers and coworkers, and our servers at the restaurants. They are our friends and our family. What we do here in these walls supports and guides and prepares us for life, but life is mostly lived out outside of these walls. Disciples, apprentices of Jesus who are salt and light are called to be intentional in how we show up and connect in our community. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up. We're gonna worship together. I want to say this again. God's desire for us as followers of Jesus is that we will impact the world for good. Being salt and light in our community is about bringing our transformed selves into all of our everyday connections. Being salt and light is about intentionally sharing Jesus and his kingdom life with others, whether through words or through actions. I would argue both are needed. We have to speak the truth of the gospel for people to know it, and we have to live the truth of the gospel for people to see it. We're going to spend some time worshiping together Praising God for what he's done for us through Jesus, for giving us this kingdom life, for allowing us to experience just aspects of that on this earth, and then just the hope of that kingdom life for the future. God has done a wonderful thing for us through Jesus. He is our living hope. Amen? Amen. And so we want to tell the world and show the world that he is the living hope. Let's pray together before we worship. Dear Lord, we just pause in your presence. We give you thanks for your word. Thank you because your word is truth. Thank you because your word is filled with wonderful promises, your kingdom. Your word gives us so much hope.
Help us as your church to connect with our community in such a way, God, that we share your hope, that we share your love, and we share your light, and we bring peace, and we bring grace into our relationships and our connections outside of these walls. Our world desperately needs your kingdom life, God, to be at work. People need hope. Help us to be bold in offering it and sharing it. For those moments where we kind of hold back and we're unsure, God, I pray that your spirit would move and prompt us. Give us the words and to help us to just make space for those meaningful connections and conversations to be had. Help us to share you, Jesus, in meaningful, transformational ways in our community. May we truly be salt and light in our neighborhoods, in York region, God, wherever we live. Help us to be salt and light. We love you. Thank you for these moments we have in these walls to be encouraged and challenged, but to also, God, just be together, unified, and proclaiming together, God, just your love and your greatness and your hope. Be with us as we continue to do that just now. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.